0: What a special rinky-dinking this week as we emanate from the STARS Alumni Center in Farmer's Branch at the uh, Star Center. And this is uh, one of the most spectacular things <laughs> th- that they have done. It's beautifully decorated. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful idea. Uh, it, it was charity from a lot of people, including STARS owner Tom Gilardi. And uh, just look at this place. Leather-bound chairs, hardwood floors, big-screen TVs. It's very macho. Lud suds.
1: Lud suds. I mean, I I, I like the whoever decorated it made some good choices because you feel like a man when you're in here. Well,
0: (laughs) I'm going to say it was probably one of their wives or girlfriends, (laughs) not one of the former stars. But Bob Basson deserves an awful lot of credit, as does Marty Turkle, but Bob runs the Alumni Association and they have they've grown this thing he's grown it he works diligently on it and uh i I just think it's a wonderful important thing yes and so do the stars as an organization i know brad alberts and and jim lights and everyone have been on board with this and obviously it takes some money to put this together they might have gone over the top (laughs) with what they have presented but you know you can trot either business people or uh, uh players that you're trying to sign yep. or bring in as free agents and say, you know, we don't just kick you to the curb once you're done. We got a wonderful place for you guys to go, kind of clubhouse feel. And uh and guys are doing that, you know, the, the locals, people like Gerald Diddick and Ludwig and uh, uh Vern Fiddler is, is coaching now Brad Lukovic. Uh some of the, it's important to have the Europeans yep. as well. Alish Kemsky's Uh, here and staying locally so it's a Brendan Morrow, obviously Marty there's a there's a whole list of them
1: I think it's really important in a in a southern community Mm. you know because you do you need you need a special hockey place if that makes any sense I mean you have to make an effort to make hockey important in Dallas Texas you just do. And, and I think this has turned out to be a great arena with the history of Texas museum and everything like that. Um, I think it's just a wonderful place to be. Like if you like hockey, this is a great place to hang out.
0: You ever hear my light bulb joke about former players? No. Well, I'll drop it on you then. How many stars alumni does it take to change a light bulb, Mike Heike? I have no idea, Daryl. Uh, it takes four. One to change the light bulb. Three to stand around drinking luds Suds, talking about how much greater, more durable the old bald used to be.
1: That's an accurate... Isn't that about right?
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, You know, just uh, recently they've done uh, some just incredible things. The the Big Heart Celebrity Challenge Fantasy Tournament that Marty Turco and the Stars Foundation, along with Rich Peverly and and the continuing work that he does with the American Heart Association they raised like almost a quarter of a million dollars and a big chunk of that will go to the stars foundation and it was just a bunch of the alumni and some nhl alumni denny savard was here Al Secord. the hawks were well represented (laughs) and uh they they had a blast and they were terrific with these guys that paid money to play with them and had traveled in here to play this this little hungover hockey tournament if you will and, uh, and just a pile of cash raised for a very good cause.
1: Yeah. You know what's funny about Marty? Uh, and I know he's not the only one doing it. He has a lot of people with him. Uh, but he really loves this. Yes. Like, you, you sit there and go, you know, I don't mean to be mean. But there are players who go, okay, I'll do this charity thing. Yeah, it's part of my job. He loves it. He loves to see the impact of what he's doing. And then in the process, he's just, it energizes him which uh, I think is cool. I mean, this is the guy who was the Foundation Player of the Year in 2006 or whatever it was for the entire NHL. Like, nobody was doing charity as a player than Marty was, and I think the stars are very lucky to have him in the role he's in right now.
0: What's that, the Clancy?
1: Uh, no, it was actually, this is called the Foundation Player. The Clancy's kind of like that, but they... Community? Act, yeah, they, yeah, this is like the NFL Man of the Year. This is okay. basically all on community service. Well,
0: he's, he is the Man of the Year year after year. <laughs> Just ask Kelly Turco. <laughs> That's right. She'll vie for him or, or vouch for him. The, uh, the other thing that they're doing is uh, they play this annual alumni hockey game after a Stars game. It'll right. be this Saturday after the game against Carolina. And this year it benefits Casey and Chelsea Smith. Uh, they were in a horrible, horrific accident on the way down to uh, Brahma's game in Houston. He coaches the U14 Texas Brahma's team. So they're going to raise some money for that. They just it, it's great for them. It gives them a little little uh, galvanizing center and something the camaraderie that right. continues on after. But th- you're right about them wanting to do this because it's it has a charity element to it, but part of this too is is bridging to the business community yeah. here and that's where especially marty does such a fantastic job it's just organic with him and they they brought on a lot of people that like hockey players for yeah. good reason and want to be a part of this thing and what a wonderful place for them to come and and hang out with those guys and uh, you know just get a little sense of what it's like to be around these individuals and show off their hockey skills here at Farmer's Branch. <laughs>
1: you know what's funny, too, is, is being around some of the older players is they love it. They love the attention. I don't, you know, they, I don't think they're seeking the attention, so to speak, but the fact that somebody wants to come up hey, to you when uh, you're yeah. 57 years old and tell you, you know, when you were 25, I used to watch yeah. you. And, you know, there's something nice about that.
0: Yeah, it's called ego,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and they all have it. If you're a pro athlete, you probably have to have a little bit of ego.
0: True, because as as a professional athlete, you you sort of go through multiple midlife crises. You have one when you stop playing because your identity is just gone. You were always it was almost like there was a prefix on your name and who you were all the time. It was hockey player such and such, NHLer so and so, goalie such and such. Then that goes away. And then you drift toward actual midlife right. and you have that. And yeah, it's a nice way to, to bring them back around, give them a pat on the back, and make them feel whole again, I guess. Uh, maybe they should sign a couple of these guys that <laughs> used to score all the time. <laughs> we'll talk about stars' goal scoring woes next. Yeah. Continuing on from the Alumni Center here in Farmer's Branch. They didn't bring any uh, morning waffles or anything in for us here. There is beer, though, if you'd like to dig in, Totsi. I don't know how you millennials do it at 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you just don't go to sleep. All right. The, the, stars, the stars right now couldn't score a nursery rhyme. They're, they've been blanked in back-to-back games. It's an ongoing thing this season. The facts are the facts. They've scored two or fewer in 32 of 58 games this season. Two or fewer in 51 of the last 84, if you go back to last season. And they've scored a single goal or been shut out in basically one of every three games this year. Now, it's a testament to their acumen defensively that they're in the position they're in right now, and we, you, and I have gone over this. It seems ad nauseum this year. They are the complete antithesis of what they used to be. Right. You know, four years ago, let's say. Uh, so the the question, I guess, now as we reach Game 60, is this a player issue, or could it be? a bit of a style of play issue as well.
1: I, and I, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say it's a little bit of both, which is always the easiest answer. Uh, but I do think it's accurate in this one. And the, the reason I say that is because I, I want to be hopeful for the future. Because if you look at, and you, know, you go to the analytics, and, and what is the expected scoring of these players? The expected scoring of every single one of these players is higher. OK, so that means that there's something in the system that is keeping them from scoring. Um, and my belief is, I, I think I told the story about Neil Broughton before, of when he went from a 100-point player to a 30-point player, it was because they told him, you need to be good defensively. And he said that, that moment that you have to scan the ice, say the puck is eight feet in front of you, you have to scan the ice, see where your teammates are, see where the opposition is, see what's going to happen if you go and take this puck on a breakaway you lose – that's it. Your opportunity has gone. The second you look around and don't just go, you lose the opportunity. And I think they do a lot of that. If you talk to Monty, if you talk to Tyler Sagan, some of the players, the thought process is we are going to play really good defense. Once we have our defense established, once we've done what we need to do, then we're going to go counterattack. So, to me, that second of, okay, have I done everything I'm supposed to do defensively before I counterattack – takes away a lot of your opportunities. Now, that being said, you watch the games. I watch the games. There's some great scoring I chances. I know. Cogliano, Denis Kiryanoff, I mean, these guys who we think should be able to score. Val. Like, Val has had tons of scoring chances. How does he have zero goals? So then that, to me, is on the players. I The thing I say, and I ask Manny about this all the time because I think you need to practice at high speed is if you want to play at high speed, you have to become comfortable playing at high speed, so that when you make plays, they're just you just make them. You don't think about them. Like the the hints to Sagan play is just a wonderfully skilled play by two hockey players who aren't thinking. Now they use the system, right? They yes. did what they were supposed to do. They were in the right. But when it happened, you have to be able to be comfortable playing at high speed yeah. to just let your skill well, take over.
0: That it just if you want to just microcosm this thing down to that goal you have a 10 million dollar player on the business end of that yes
1: well and again but you also have a rookie over there putting the puck in a place where the 10 million dollar player can redirect you have a
0: 10 million dollar player you're right you're right i
1: agree and you've got a few on this team
0: under lindy ruff the style fed scoring but at a cost defensively and there were stretches where bless you (laughs) mike
1: you're allergic to this topic or
0: what the, uh, Where's my sneeze button? I don't know. You don't have a sneeze button. Uh, maybe you're just allergic to hooey that I'm spewing out <laughs> no, right no. now. No, no. I love your hooey. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, the goaltending at times couldn't overcome the quality and quantity of chances they gave okay. up. You know, you were asking a lot, night in and night out. I watch them under, under Montgomery, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I I've spent 60 games now waiting for them to break out of this. Right. Because there aren't very many games that go along where they just create nothing. Right. Like, this group should be able to squeeze three goals out of its lineup nightly. It just should. Yeah. And I think they get enough chances. Now, you go into analytics, and I did that the other day, just trying to figure out, are, are they not creating enough? Uh, and not just shots on goal. Shots right. on goal is...
1: Such a croc, right. you know.
0: You just throw pucks from everywhere, but they—they they have just a horrific, like one of the worst quality red zone high danger is what they like to call it in our game right now. Uh, shooting percentage, they get in there, they just—they don't score. Right. The, the opposing goaltender, every opposing netminder is a hall of famer against them, and I wonder a little bit whether they move so much. They—they they do work hard, yes. like like they hustle. And they track, but maybe possibly they do it so much to their own detriment that once they do counter and go on offense, maybe there is some form of fatigue that that slides in there a little bit. Or do they just not have enough smart skill offensively to be able to to convert? The, The one thing that would change all this is if they would get on the power play three or four times a game instead of one or two times a game. Because they'd have more rhythm with their best players in that regard, and they would obviously have more power play goals. I mean, they just—they were the last team to get 150 power play opportunities, right. which seems counter to the way that they play.
1: Well, early or in the middle of the season, it, they deserve—they got what they deserved, which is they're getting outshot 20 to 30 every game. You're not going to get power play chances, but in the last. Fifteen twenty 20 games, they're out shooting people and they're counterattacking, and I think But there are times, like, even in that game in Carolina, I could count three times yeah. where a player got tripped.
0: Yeah. Whether it was an accident or not, it doesn't matter whether it's an accident no. or not. It's a penalty. He got tripped.
1: Yeah. It's a penalty. It's so and funny. And they just don't call it. I know. It's so funny, because when you shoot the puck out of the defensive zone... They have to call it. They have to call it, right? So then... If, you, if you're as a ref, you have the mindset, that's a penalty, yeah. I have to call it. How is it that you just sit there and watch a play? Because that was my point. I think they're swallowing the whistles now. I don't get to watch other oh, games as are. much. Oh, they are. But that's what it is. The refs are swallowing the whistles, and you're just, at this stage of the game, you're so, not going to get as many power
0: plays. That's a good point. And with, with that, then, if you, you should understand at game 60 how the game is going to be. Correct. Arbited, right? Adjudicated. Yes. You're 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 going to get away with stuff. Yep. So get away with stuff. That's what I say. It's a playoff mentality, and part of that has to be you can go interior and clobber people, and you, you can play with a harder edge around the net. Yep. And you're it's you know I'm sorry, but it's prison rules yeah. in and around there. There's a no so, lot
1: that gets called. It's so funny because Army was that way. Remember, he was he read all he the wanted road. it. He wanted it to be adjudicated yeah. properly, yeah. and so then when they weren't. His team was not prepared to go cheat, and he didn't like the cheating teams, and yet every other team was cheating and the stars weren't. There And is something to be said for a coach and a group of players reading the official every single game. And if you think you can get away with stuff, then go run the goalie over three times, you know, because a lot of times it doesn't get called. You know, and with all
0: this, maybe part of it too is just the fact that you've got a glut of players that are having down years – offensively it it happens yep. uh, it just it, it's it's causing them to go into the muck yes. again and it's different home it's even more striking home and road yes you know last change in matchups and you, you can get some advantages at American Airlines Center that you just don't get on the road yeah. which then pushes you back toward do they need players to play better or do they need better players or right. more of them
1: right and you know, I, I, it's it's a really good argument the, the one thing that i hold hope for is that stretch of five games when they were winning they played the same way and it's boring yeah. grinding terrible hockey to watch but it's effective so then the question is can they embrace boring terrible hockey to the point where they actually get good at it wow, and then he's really selling the product I'm really, here I'm really, today I'm on really dinky dinky. You, you know, right on. You need to watch all three hours of this on no, I'm just kidding. I'm just digging the hole deeper. Yeah you are. Uh, you should stop my,
0: talking. My, unfortunately
1: my, we have got a lot more. My point being is if they can build this base and they can be consistent with this defensive base, then maybe that can eventually lead to them building the offensive base. Look, I love I
0: love their defensive right. base. It started last year, and they ran into, uh, you know, just a, some injuries that really affected them, Correct. primarily Ben Bishop and the way things went down the stretch. And they didn't add anybody. It, they, didn't, they were who they were. Right. They missed by, what, three points last year? So here we are this year, and they're having the same issue that they had during that stretch where they couldn't score. They're actually probably a better defensive team now, which yep. seems weird with the injuries they have, that there actually are a better defensive team. And I'm telling you, if, if they can get in, make sure they get into the playoffs. I'm not going to say all of a sudden they're going to refine salvation offensively. But when you look at it, you're, you're like, okay, they're going to start on the road. Right. They're not a great road team, but all you got to do is win one.
1: Right? Well we saw on the San Jose Anaheim. Just, I mean it's just amazing. win one. It's amazing what happens to a favorite when the favorite yes. loses at home. And then and then hold yourself on, on home
0: ice and lean heavily on the ability to keep the puck out of your own net. Yep. And you can pop some people. And and we got a week left to go before the trade deadline. Who knows whether they add something? I, I looked the, the name that came to mind when I was thinking about this today. And it, it appears like they they need to do something, right? They they know it too. I yes, think. I think so. Yeah, they Evander Kane gets traded last year, right? He scores nine games and fourteen regular season games for San yeah. Jose when he left Buffalo. Four goals and nine playoff games, and they re-sign him in the summer, and they gave up what a first, a uh, conditional second or third doesn't or something. Doesn't even matter right now. Evander Kane's that, a big part you of the couldn't team. couldn't even name. I think it was that Regan or Reagan, yeah. uh, who doesn't doesn't play so you know just to it's not brett hall but it's kind of brett hallish in his but much smaller circumstance yep. where you, you know i remember back in those days like they they were a good defensive team in in 97 and yep. 98 but when the game was on the line they didn't have that guy that could score that goal and they they need one more guy who can score a goal for them yes beyond i mean tyler sagan has scored 13 goals since new year's eve All of the other forwards for the Stars have scored 13 goals since New Year's Eve. That's not enough. I mean, Jamie's only scored two goals since he got knocked out of the the lineup
1: when we were... Radulov, he's not scoring goals. He's getting assists. He's not scoring goals. Yeah.
0: They're just not scoring goals. The defense corps does. Yes. But even they backed off a little bit. You know, Miro isn't scoring like he was. Uh, You know, what a magical season for Essa Lindell. but you hoping Essa scores 15 for you, you know? <laughs> like, it's... So, I mean, there's something within there. You, when you break it down, you're like, well, I don't know that the defense could score any more than they are. Right. The power play has to score more than it is. But it doesn't get on the power play. But they don't get on it very much. And the forwards just have not scored at anywhere near the rate that they have to to be a decent offensive team. Yeah. But they've all bought in to what they have to do without the puck to a point where they're one of the best defensive teams in the National Hockey League. Right. So I guess we're wishing and hoping for all all things to get fixed all at once.
1: Well and the one good thing is if you add a player or two, you know, I'm I'm gonna get greedy and say, hey, let's let's add a big score and a little score too. Uh you know at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And if they just get this much more from 10 players mm-hmm. because you think it's there. Jason Spezza should be able to chip in a goal every now and then. Alexander Radulov, uh, even looking at, you know, when you watch uh, Hints or Garyanoff and the opportunities they get, uh, Les Lesperance, you know, what he's done in the AHL. Like there are 10 players there who if each one of them just scores a goal a week or a goal, you know, every weekend, you know, five games, all of a sudden now you're like you're at three goals easy and if they're at three goals easy they're a winning this. team i love this you're talking yourself into and, I know, it i know but i'm you're, just like you weaving yourself down a the op path. it doesn't seem that unrealistic no, I,
0: I, I agree with you <laughs> but it, but it, re, it continues to, <laughs> to be, be what it is right i'm, I'm with you I, I look at it and i'm like well he gets chances and they create this and oh my god that most of the time, that goes in. Yep. And there's no way that this guy is going to stay on that pace for another month. Yep. But they all do. right? tagliana,
1: Como, these are 12, 15 goal scorers. They have three or whatever it is.
0: But even when somebody pops out of uh, funk that they're in, it doesn't last very long. Right. And then all of a sudden, they go into this massive drought again for long stretches. I, I don't know. They've, well, I, I know this. They've got 22 games or so to... To get themselves a little healthier offensively, right. and without—I would say—without losing anything of what they're doing without the puck and in their own zone, yeah. they're going to get Ben Bishop back healthy, and that matters. It does, man. You know, you look at the the record, and this is not an indictment on anything other than the fact that there was a reason why you brought Ben Bishop in here. the the goals The goals against is slightly up the the record though is startling whenever you look at at uh, when he is has been injured they the these two seasons the stars are nine thirteen and 3 when he's not dressed when he, when he's injured and they're well over 500 whether he's backing up or playing the game over the last two seasons when he's in the lineup
1: one of the things i think that gets lost is the mentality of a backup goalie and how good Kari was at the mentality of a backup goalie and I think how good Anton is at the you know I know people say oh he wants to be a number one or whatever there is this groove you can get into as a backup goalie and so not only are you bringing back tell me
0: about your backup goalie career Mike
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just talked to him my point being is when Ben Bishop is healthy you don't only get Ben Bishop's performance, I think you get an improved performance from the other goalie. And last year, Carey was great as a back- backup. When he had to be put in the spotlight, his numbers did not go well. Yeah. Anton has been great as a backup. When he's gotten put in the spotlight, his numbers have not been as good. Now, that could be his team in front of him and everything like that. But I yeah. don't, when you get Ben Bishop healthy, you get another guy better. I think whoever's behind Ben it's Bishop comes It's no different than
0: when, when you have an individual that comes out of your lineup at forward. Right. And all of a sudden you're shoving this guy up into this spot and everybody's playing out of position and then that guy comes back into your lineup, everybody falls back into what their roles are supposed to be and you're a much better yeah. team. It can fit that way with tandems in net as well. I have a tough time cri- criticizing Hudobin or anybody in at that position this year. They've they've been so good. But it, it is sort of a shoulders up thing in that regard and you know, he's played, he started twice as many games and played twice as many games on the road as he has at home. Yeah. Antonio. Yeah,
1: he's getting tough assignments. Yes,
0: he is. Uh, speaking of scoring, up next, when the Carolina Hurricanes score more than the opponents at home, they go middle school play at center ice. Storm Surge is next. So the stars get blanked in Carolina, Raleigh, on, uh, what was it, Saturday, I guess it was, late it was. game. was, 8 o'clock start. Yes, it was. And following the game, uh, a limbo broke out on the ice with the Carolina Hurricane players. And prior to that happening, Don Cherry, the grand bah of pooping on things, went berserk again. In his disdain for what is known as the storm surge, and this is the celebration by the Carolina Hurricanes after they win home games. Starts with the it was a skull clap, I think it is, and that you're going to weigh in on this one, uh, Jeff Totes, our resident millennial, because this is right up your alley. But I'll let you take the floor first. A lot of people <clears throat> get their dander up on social media about this thing. Uh, how do you weigh in? Where, where do you uh, fall on the success or like or dislike of the storm surge?
1: All right, can I uh, play both sides of this? As no, they, you can't. I Pick a side. Do. No, I can't do it because here's what I love. I love the DH in the NL and the AL because it drives people crazy. I love the storm surge and I love Don Cherry going crazy because to me, all of it is fantastic entertainment. It's just... I love the storm surge. I mean, you're in Carolina, all right? You've got to do something to get your fans excited. I mean, like, let's say you were a reporter covering the Dallas Stars and they weren't winning, and you started just coming up with the goofiest column ideas that referenced... uh, I think I
0: read those out out of you for the last decade. What what
1: if you were an announcer and you decide, you know what, I'm sitting on the back of the bus anyways. Why don't I come up with something... uh, unique, Uh, you know, and and throw that out to the masses. And guess what? People love it, just like they love the storm surge. People in Carolina love it, and that's all they, you know, that's all really that the Carolina Hurricanes need to worry about. They don't need to worry about the National Hockey League. They don't need to worry about Don Cherry. They need to worry about making their fans happy, and right now they're making their fans happy.
0: Well, it's been verbally destroyed by old schoolers. Yes. And uh, Totsie, well, you, you. I think I know. Yeah, you think I know what you're gonna say. You know. Okay, we had old fart hoodie boy across the table way in. So, your thoughts on what they do in Carolina? It's awesome. Just the same way the NFL started allowing these same things to happen in the end zone for the Hurricanes to do it post game after a win at home is just great. And look at. Look at the difference in their building from when we were there last season to this season. I know it was was a Tuesday night last season, and it was dead. It was on par with what we saw in Florida and Phoenix this year. And there's some excitement there this year, and I think this is a big part of it. And anything that upsets old-school hockey guys, (laughs) I'm on board with automatically. It's great. So should every team hire Debbie Allen to choreograph this stuff for them, or? No, I don't think so. I think it's got to be organic. It's got to be organic. Really, it's all about look at us, though, right? Look at me, very millennial. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's great. Okay, Totes has weighed in that it is in fact great. Uh, go ahead. No, you got more to say. I was just gonna say, I wanted us to get that win Saturday night, but once we were down three nothing late in the third, I, I hung around. I hung around. Wow. I hung around. <laughs> That's a declaration. I hung around in the tunnel and was a little so, bit excited. Okay, okay, good. So that's turned into when I'm watching other games at night and it's 2-2 with three minutes to go, I'm like, don't either of you buggers score. I want to see three on three You're overtime. Trying. Don't ruin my evening. I, I'm locked on this right now. Let's go to overtime. It's exciting. And especially because our game was a back-to-back home for them and they did that huge walk-off home run the night before. So I was like, what are they doing tonight? How do they follow that up? And oh it was, my God. it was a weaker oh effort, but the limbo was good. Oh, my God. I'm so, con- I'm so concerned for the future of, of really everything. <laughs> That's why I don't watch a lot of television anymore. I trust totes. I know I,
1: totes, and I trust I, totes. Look it. I, I get it,
0: and it's not it, – if people would recognize, it's not for me. I find it degrading. I don't like the NFL – celebrations they're, they're just too choreographed and i, I just I, I don't i just don't like it. it it can be totemistic i think yes where they that's their thing and it's become their thing and i i appreciate that the genesis of this is in european hockey they they do this all the time in switzerland in germany and i was talking with both sagan and Spetza about it you can imagine where they fall in because they've grown up in a different world. They go over there during the work stoppage, and you're expected to do this. And if you don't go out as the best player and do whatever zany little thing they expect you to do after the game, they're insulted. Yeah. Like th- their fans are, th- the players told me, look, you got to go out there. And they're like, I'm not going out there. The game's over. The- no, you need to go out there and do you know, a cartwheel or whatever it is that you need to do, ride your stick. The the planning I guess it's galvanizing. It's also questionable. They obviously plan this out. They yes. it doesn't just happen. No, they no. don't just stand there and go, What do you want to do? They have a designated guy. It was Fogle for the the walk off home run and bat flip or as I like to refer to him, McLovin. He but they, they all go on the bench, they came off the bench, they, they tapped him on the head at the end. It. It feels kind of minor league-ish to me in North America. I get it if that's what they do over there. Justin Williams is the guy that, that uh, actually started this thing. Right. He must have gone and played overseas during one of the lockouts or a couple of them, probably brought it yeah. from there, right? So it's their thing. So if you look at where this has gone, three stars back in the day, yep. players would come out and they'd do a little thing. They don't even, I don't even know whether players come out.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it in a I while. I mean, visiting
0: players. It used to be with three stars, whether you were the home player or the road player, you came out, and fans, for the most part, yeah. would be like, you know what? He had a good game. Let's yeah. clap for him. Now they would probably throw stuff <laughs> at you And that. It's only the home guys that, yeah. that come out. Then there was the stick salute at, at Center Ice. I don't know who started that. Was it the Rangers in New Maybe. York? Maybe, yeah. It might have been. where Instead of you know just kind of coming out congratulating your goaltender – they the gave a little salute to the fans. You guys were part of this thing. Uh, the glove bump on benches came along. I remember when old men screaming at clouds wanted to abolish it with the St. Louis Blues, and that was Hully and Panger and, and uh, all them. Uh, they, they were just like, this is ridiculous. Like, score like you've been there before. Go to right. Santa Rice and try to do it again. That didn't last very long. Everybody does it. It's just part of it. Uh, it's on the video games now.
1: And now we have this. All right, I'll I'll give you one thing uh, in the history that just popped into my head. The Texas Rangers did the antlers and all that kind of stuff, and they thought they were really funny, and the fans got behind it. There were T-shirts and all this stuff. And the the Rangers were a very good team, so they could pull this off. They got to the playoffs, they started doing this stuff, and it looked kind of silly. And even the players said, we're in the playoffs. This looks kind of silly. So maybe this will just take care of itself. You know, maybe as they go down the line and whatever happens to them, you know, it, it'll look old. Man, does it
0: bother the gray hairs on television in Canada, though? That
1: That is so perfect, though, because this is like Lee Corso, you know, putting on a Nebraska Cornhusker head <laughs> and then going like, this is serious. We're talking about college football. Don't be messing around with. Co- and it's Don Cherry is wearing a dragon coat saying, you've got to respect a bunch of jerks he used the word jerks jerks for doing five times he called them jerks and then did you see carolina's t-shirts yeah that's hilarious a bunch of jerks yeah
0: look i would never go out and say you know this is ridiculous they need to put a stop to this and what a joke and jerks i just i just don't i don't like it I I, i find it i find it a little off putting but I don't have to deal with it other than one game a year. You're getting some gray hair there, at there. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm wrong, though.
1: <laughs> you never think you're wrong. <laughs> I really don't.
0: Like, for the most part, and again, I go back to, to John Madden. And if you, if you took John Madden in his heyday with football, and this stuff was going on in football with celebrations and all that, he would never, ever get caught up in that. No. He would find the joy in it. He would never ridicule the guys for doing it. It just wouldn't matter that much Correct. to him. But he's, you know, he's a bit of a wild child when he was coaching, right. what have you. But he he never looked like the old guy, and and I'm not keeping up on what's actually current and going right. on. And that's kind of how I look at it. I, I have no problem with them right. doing it. And obviously, fans enjoy it. And to Totsie's point, last year when we went there, it was a morgue. Now, part of that was how they played. Right. I mean, they played a structured, just nothing happened. St- they never fought anyone. They never hit anyone. They, they didn't beat very many people. That's why they have a different coaching staff. You bring in Rod Brindamore as your head coach. It's like, who's the guy that coaches LSU football? Oregon? Orgeron? O- yeah. Orgeron? yeah. I mean, Coach O yeah. is LSU, right. right? Rod Brindamore is Carolina. And they, they, You know, Grapes and them were trying to rip on him. For not controlling Yeah, and it was just like, (laughs) that's how out of touch you can get, though. If you just sit in a a control room and you're not around guys like Totes and and these young guys and you see what they're actually into and what's important to them and what they enjoy, and it's harmless. Yeah. Other than wrinkling some feathers on some old cock roosters –
1: I don't have any problem with it. I just don't like it. Well, and you go to college football. I don't like their uniforms. I mean, it really, Oh, changing re- uniforms up in that? And yeah. just not changing, but the way they look. Yeah. And you talk to totes, and you talk to the people who are playing the game, the kids, they love it. Yeah. So then what's so bad about giving them something they love? And that's their identity now. Like, And, and I grew up with, if you get a chance to wear the pinstripes of the Yankees, or you get a chance to wear the Montreal Canadiens uniform, you should be – proud that you're doing something yes. they did in the 40s and 50s that's right. what what i was taught these guys are like no no we don't want to do what they did we want to do something new and different if uh
0: you that's a that's an excellent point different different uh flavors for you know different people yeah that's why they have 52 flavors at baskin robbins or whatever it is you know you can't just have vanilla right they would prefer to have but every had, team but they had vanilla, vanilla
1: before they had vanilla in the 40s and you can
0: still get vanilla it's yeah, true wanted. it's still available but oh my god look at that over there it's sea salt caramel ooh it's tasty with marshmallows and some chocolate chunks avocado toast. and avocado toast says toads <laughs> i i just it, it's their thing yep and if it's their thing, they, they're obviously embracing it. Their fans love it. It's, it's sort of changed the dynamic down there. I have, I have no problem with that. But if you ask me, what do you think of that? I'll tell you. I think it's kind of minor league. It's kind of rinky-dinky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, they're not going to do it in Dallas on Saturday because they can't. And they won't because the Stars will win that game anyway yeah. against them. Afternoon. Uh, tilt, so storm surge finally uh and thanks totes for your input on that i think I think you gave it some clarity today it's for you it's for your generation, Hello. yeah, yeah, apparently you do you couldn 't wait for it <laughs> i don't know you may you may want to edit that out of this this week's podcast,
1: yeah, and that stuff I said about boring hockey edit that out yeah out. That is,
0: <laughs> he didn't mean that he he meant just uh a, a less uh high-risk, high-event form of the game that most times will lead to success, but without the fireworks offensively. Is and can be very you're...
1: appreciated by the fans. Well, that's how they win a Stanley
0: Cup around here, that's Mike. That's right. There you go. I you saved your bacon. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's let's skip forward, play some uh, beautiful music, Tootsie, and then when we come back, we're going to play a game show. If you could, maybe the tick-tock of a clock, like they do on Game Show Network. I'm... Producing as I talk, I do this during our hockey games as well. The uh, game show that is sweeping the nation about to be played, where the games are played here at Farmers Branch. The kids are playing out there right now. Stars are going to practice here today. The Alumni Center is here, and that's where we are emanating from. Uh, They. I haven't even ch- checked whether anything's in the fridge other than I can... Bottled water. Yeah, there's <laughs> hydration fluids in there. All right. thought about this uh, game show. You love game shows. Millennials love game shows. Show. I'm surprised there hasn't been a, some kind of a game show element to the storm surge in Carolina. Oh. Pro- oh. Yeah. They're going to run out of... What do they do when they run out of ideas, oh. by the way? I, I don't. Even- At some point, they might have to just skate off the ice. <laughs> Anyway, who is better than the Dallas Stars? It's a good question. It's not a question. It's a game show. It's a game show. All right. Can I start? No. We're going to go down the NHL standings. Okay. Team by team, rather quickly, and answer, are they better than the Dallas Stars? Some are easy. A lot are difficult. Yes. Right? Our little D stars are right in the middle as far as – The standings are concerned, the overall standings. They're 15, 16, and a 31-team league right now as we do this. All right. We just saw them. They shut out the Stars twice this year. We have a unanimous answer to this one, I'm sure, the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: Yeah, I think they're better. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) They are. They're better than everybody. Everybody, I agree. Calgary Flames. At this stage, Yes. I'm going to put an asterisk on this. I don't know how good they're going to be in the playoffs. But, yes, regular season team right now, they're much better than the Dallas Stars.
0: I'll go a little off that. Calgary Flames, head-to-head with the Dallas Stars? No. Okay. Stars blanked them 2-0 yep. here. They beat them in a back-to-back situation in Calgary. I, I think they have, they have wonderful pieces in this and that. I, I don't
1: know that they're better than, than the Stars. Right now. I really don't. Okay. I I can go with you with that because, one, the goaltending is very unpredictable. Well, they got one guy that wins for them. Right. And it ain't Mike Smith. No. San Jose. Yes. Especially, Especially
0: with Carlson in the lineup. I put probably. Yeah. But not by much. No. But
1: probably. New York Islanders. I haven't watched them enough, but, boy, they sure play the Dallas Stars style of hockey better than anybody else, don't they? They are a great defensive team. That the um, Stars
0: scored six goals against. Yes,
1: they did, but that was early in the process. That wasn't oh, that, very long ago. Was it? I thought it was... I a... put them as no. Okay. I don't think
0: the Islanders are better. Interesting. They, they have a more experienced coach. Yes. But the defensive games are exactly the same. I, I don't think they're better. Okay. I really don't. Uh, how could you be better when your best player is now playing in Toronto? that's an interesting
1: debate to have
0: all right let's move on have that debate some other day winnipeg
1: (laughs) it's funny because i I think in a head-to-head matchup they would kill dallas in a playoff series but they sure aren't looking that great right now. we may
0: get to see that yeah i know Uh, my answer was yes but right (laughs) that yes but i don't know what's going on with patrick line no i mean he, he has annihilated the dallas stars I remember watching him in those two games, especially the one in Dallas, and I was like, "What is up with Patrick Liney? Like he was out in warm up, like it was uh, like it was an alumni game. Yeah, like he just sort of cruised around, sat around at the blue line. You you watched how he played the game, just void of intensity. It was weird to watch. I thought, and he really hasn't scored since. Uh, Boston." I have them as the same.
1: Yeah, I I was going to say, I was about to say no, but again, I also, I know what they've done in the past and what they're, like, they're... But they're very reliant on
0: one line. Correct. Their goaltending and their defensive game is great. Correct. They have some injury issues. You you never know who's going to be in and out.
1: They're the ones that I think their players are underperforming right now. A little bit,
0: a little bit, but they do have Patrice Berger on that. Yeah. That might nudge them a
1: little bit ahead. Toronto... I like Toronto, but they're all over the place. I think yeah. they're there's still a team that's building. But, yeah, I'd say just slightly better.
0: That's, I had them at probably. Yeah. Nashville.
1: I want to see that series. Yes. I really – when they were in third place and I'm going like, then this is again, how about let's walk into that building and take yes. one of those games and see how Nashville responds well, to and that. Well, I
0: mean, they have belief they can. Yeah. I have it as not head-to-head. Overall, probably. Yeah. And they – They've got a little more experience in handling things than that, but I don't, I don't see them that much better. Washington.
1: They're an interesting team just because I think they're getting their hunger back, and if they get their hunger back, then I think they are – a like man for man, personnel-wise, they're a better team than the Dallas Stars. I put them down as kind of. Okay. <laughs> Very specific. How's that? <laughs> I mean, they are the defending Stanley Cup <laughs> right. champs, but – I just think if you go down the roster, player for player, they have an advantage at m- most of the positions. They, yeah, they have more skill. They have a pretty good goalie. They, yeah, but so <laughs> do these guys. I know.
0: Anyway, Columbus. No. No. that's We're in yeah. <laughs> unanimity. Pittsburgh.
1: I keep waiting for them to fail, and then I keep watching them, and it goes back to 87. As long as he's there, he makes everybody else around him better. I, I have them kind of better, but
0: with a dot, 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 question mark.
1: Uh, I, can I just tell you this? I got ripped from Pittsburgh fans for the last two Stanley Cups because I pricked them to lose almost every single round because you look at that group of defensemen and you say, they can't win with that, yeah. and yet they yeah. find a way to win with that. Montreal.
0: <laughs> I don't think they're a good team at yeah. all, and all they do is win. Yeah. I put no. Uh, Vegas.
1: I love Vegas. Yeah. So I say yes. I think
0: Vegas is better,
1: too. St. Louis? Talk about Jekyll and Hyde. Um, as long as they are on the same page and as long as they well, like I think they're each on other. on the
0: same page. Correct. They won 10 in a row. But
1: I'm just saying, what were they earlier? Like, I think they were this close to blowing themselves up. Coaching, goaltending. Yep. Poof. Yeah, the Bennington thing uh, came out of nowhere. Yes. Uh, Buffalo.
0: Well, are the stars the question is, who is better than the Dallas Stars? They're not. Of course not. No. Philadelphia. No.
1: You're you're kinda on the iffy? I don't know. I don't think so. They're same ish. Yeah. You know, they're what are they? Six
0: six one and one in their last eight?
1: No, they've been playing very well. Again, goaltending, the kid. Coach? Goaltending. Yeah. Minnesota. No, I don't like Minnesota at all. Yeah. They're no.
0: Oh, I don't think Minnesota likes Minnesota. Well, and again,
1: I didn't like them two years ago. I, I know what they're trying to build. I just don't like them. Speaking what
0: they, of alumni, apparently they are courting Mike Medano to move in to some front office. senior position. Yeah. I mean, Back I think, where it all started, sort of sort of. of. sort of. Over in Minneapolis. So kind of, sort going Paul. on. In this. <laughs> Vancouver. No. I agree. Florida. No.
1: They're not better? Because, because we saw what they did the other night. They're just. I. I like where they're going. I like that they're bringing in young players who are good young players. They're still a bit of a mess in the goaltending department, and I don't know that their defense is that great.
0: I don't think their defense is very good. Yeah. And their their goaltending is moldy. So, offensively though. Yeah.
1: Again, that's like saying the Lindy... You know what I mean, though? Like, yeah, no, you, I get it. It's like the Lindy Ruff
0: team. They're almost like yeah. a flip-flop of... They had that awful October, yep. and they haven't recovered from it, and they have to get buckled a little bit by just playing in front of virtually nobody on right. a lot of nights at home. That can, that's tough. I remember when the Stars went through it here when the club was in bankruptcy. Difficult. Easy for the road team. Yes. Take the crowd out of it, no crowd to take out. <laughs> that's right. Uh, New York Rangers. Star, no, stars are better yeah, than that. Yeah, they're rebuilding. Arizona.
1: I don't like them either. I, I, I know what they're trying to do. I, I like to see little things here and there, but I just... A- Arizona in their current form. Arizona fully healthy? Yeah, I mean, again... But goes, then you'd
0: say Dallas Stars fully, fully healthy? healthy? Yeah, yeah, I mean... I have them. Like, if you, I have if the you stars had Mark Mathot and now.
1: Stephen Johns on this group of defense, I think it's a different type of yeah, team. Yeah, Martin
0: Hansel in yeah. the group of forwards. Uh, New Jersey.
1: No, they're. I thought they were going to be good. I thought they were making the step, but they just look terrible. I yeah. watch them on TV and they're awful. Yeah,
0: i Although Corey Schneider's winning again yeah. for the first time
1: in a calendar year. One game. Year. No, he won back to back. Okay, good. Detroit. No, I watch the Red Wings because that's where I'm from, and they're rebuilding. Yeah, I mean, you get 25 years. Sometimes you got to go down to go back yeah, up yeah, again. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> the Russian Five thing's coming out in March too.
0: Uh, documentary that's just sensational. A lot of. Jim Light's involved in yes, that one because he was very involved in
1: the backwoods Woo. of <laughs> uh,
0: Edmonton. No, yeah,
1: I, and, and I don't know what's wrong with them. I, I mean, I do. They just they don't know who they are. They might they fire two right. coaches in one year. Yeah, he wouldn't be fired. He'd, yeah, he'd, I know they'd he'd find be a way. But <laughs> still, they can't win a game. No, they can't win. And and I go back to this. I mean, we can argue whether Hitch is done or whatever as far as a, a good coach or not. Todd McClellan is a good coach. Yes. A really good coach. And so now if you're talking about taking two guys who are pretty smart and have been pretty good in this league and they don't know what the answer is, that's frustrating.
0: The big key to coaching. Yeah. Who gets off the bus after you. (laughs)
1: L.A.
0: No. No. And then finally the Ottawa Senators. No,
1: although Mark Crawford finds a way to beat the Stars pretty much every time he plays them, doesn't he?
0: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But just – you know, just just think. Yeah, there's a lot of actually. There's a lot of former Dallas Stars coaches in the bottom five in the National Hockey <laughs> League between the Rangers. Uh, Edmonton has two, and Glenn Gullicon and Hitch, and then yeah. in Ottawa with with Crow. I mean, you you go down, and there's there's a lot that are certainly not better than this club. Yeah, and that's why I think we sit here right now, a week away from the trade deadline and think to ourselves if they just added a spark that just jarred their offense forward just a smidge yep. then you know what what are there four or five teams that you can clear cut say are better right and outside of that uh-uh
1: yeah Man. now if you look at the western conference this year and how much the top has come down just get in the playoffs and see what you can do. The other thing that is interesting, and I wrote this the other day, and I truly believe it is, they just saw last year what happens when things unravel. And if they have learned from that, they're in the same spot right now. It's on them. Just go in here, beat the teams you're supposed to beat, get into the playoffs, you know, meld, become a team, and then you really could do something. I mean, like the opportunity seems to be there.
0: So play a little uh, more exciting hockey and do something for the millennials. And uh, we'll have a rip-snorting rinky-dinking next Monday as the trade deadline is unfolding. Answers to our questions next week on rinky-dinking. From Vegas. From Vegas. Whoa. Yes. What goes on there stays there, does it? We'll talk to you. From Sin City next week.